We don't have to underestimate our power as women to change these systems and break them and build new ones that do serve us better. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. What if you could navigate perimenopause and menopause on your terms using everything, including bioidentical hormones at your disposal? Now, for the past five years, I've looked at the research of bioidentical hormones, and although I believe that we still need to lean heavily on natural solutions like nutrition, supplementation, and lifestyle rituals for optimal results and longevity, I am also always open to any tools that can support our bodies throughout our entire lifetime, including natural, bioidentical, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, oxytocin, ooh, the list goes on. Now, what I know to be true about progesterone and estrogen, importantly, is that they are powerful chemical messengers inside of our bodies, more so than we realize. They impact our metabolism, our brain health, our heart health, energy levels, mood, emotional well-being, and most importantly, our longevity, so that we can do the things that we do for as long as possible. So it almost doesn't make sense that we could lose these critical hormones at such a young age. I mean, let's be honest, 40s for progesterone and testosterone and estrogen in our 50s, these are young years, right? Now, I get that they're primary drivers for reproduction. And at some point, reproduction's got to bow out. I understand that. But what about everything else? Let's be honest, we still need everything else in the body to work too that are dependent on these hormones literally sending signals to these cells every single day. And because I want to deepen the conversation about what to do about our lacking hormones as we approach our 40s and beyond, I invited functional expert Esther Blum to share her insights on women using hormones, bioidentical hormones, even in perimenopause, along with other important needle movers. Now, if you have been on the fence about what to do regarding hormone therapy, today's conversation is for you. But first, I want to sing Esther's praises. Esther is the best-selling author of Cavemen, Cave Women, sorry, Don't Get Fat, Eat and Drink and Be Gorgeous, and the Eat and Drink and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice where she helps women balance their hormones, lose stubborn belly fat, and treats root causes of health struggles. Her new book, which I'm super excited about, is See You Later, Ovulator, Mastering Menopause with Nutrition, Hormones, and Self-Advocacy. Now, this book is coming out in October, but... We're going to be talking about it today, and she's got a sexy gift that I'm super excited to showcase later on after the interview. So let's get into it. Let's invite her onto the show. Welcome, Esther. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Esther, honey, how are you doing today, girl? Gorgeous girl. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so good. I am so excited about this conversation. We're about to bust through some big old myths today and really set women up for some crazy success. And that's what that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about is helping women because every woman on the planet is going to freaking go through menopause. Yes, they are. And every freaking woman on the planet is helping somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we help them? And that's the, you know, we need to give back to these amazing women in the world. And yes, it isn't, I always love it. Menopause is inevitable, but suffering is optional. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Yes. So we're going to talk about how to, how to saunter through it with grace and ease and how we can leverage some tools and the tool we're going to be talking about even before menopause. And I'm so excited. We're finally having this conversation again about bioidentical hormones and when they can play a role in our lives so that we are not suffering, not just in menopause, because let's be honest, menopause, we kind of get over the hump. It's perimenopause where things get a little cray cray. It's a little crazy there too. Those last five years, you know, depending on the person, when you were kind of going on to the other side, it, it, it can feel so tumultuous, but it doesn't have to feel that way. And talk to me about one, why does it not have to feel that way? And two, what, in, what has inspired you to really want to be having these conversations, to really be just really holding women's hand as they cross over into menopause and beyond? Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with question two first, if that's yeah. okay. I love um, it. You know, this book was inspired because I have a private practice. I'm a functional dietitian, and I was so enraged at one story after the other. There isn't a day I'm in practice where I don't hear about a woman being medically gaslit where she, and you know this story, you've heard it, you could write it yourself where, you know, a woman goes to the doctor and says, I'm having the litany of symptoms, the hot flashes, the vaginal dryness, the brain fog, the weight gain, breast tenderness, irritability, insomnia. And the doctor pats them on the shoulder and says, yeah, well, that's just menopause. Or hand them a prescription for the pill or recommend an IUD. Or my favorite was when one of my clients went to the doctor and she said, well, I would recommend that you go on the pill, but personally, I just do Benadryl shots every night for real. And I was like, this is so egregious. As you say, lazy medicine, right? It's just absolutely unacceptable that 1.2 billion women are going to be in menopause by 2030. And there are no solutions in sight other than the pill or an IUD. Are you kidding me? And yes, birth control is needed for women in perimenopause. And if you want to take birth control for that, great. But don't use it as a Band-Aid for menopausal symptoms. Menopause is not a birth control deficiency. That's not going to correct the issue. Well, and it's dangerous. It's not just lazy medicine. It's dangerous. We are, you know, the amount of hormones in certain birth control pills is pretty insane. And it's all synthetic. These aren't real hormones. And so they just, they clog up the liver. They cause issues in our cells. It's an inflammatory issue, no less. You know, one of the the biggest things that upsets me in current medicine is meeting women in their 50s, 56, 55, 58, 
they're still on hormonal birth control and, and don't know if they're even in menopause. They have no idea what's going on with their bodies and they're just being told to stay on them. And for what I have no, re- no reason why they should still be on those, it's just someone's not managing their care or they just don't know enough about how the woman's body works. So if there was an, if there was a, an area of outrage that I get into, that is definitely one of them because it, it becomes dangerous. We have a higher propensity for, you know, estrogen dominant driven cancers, cardiovascular disease, you know, it's, it gets very dangerous because this isn't the estrone or the estradiol that we're used to. This is a whole different, this is a whole different beast on its own. And it's just pure, it's dangerous. So it's definitely not my recommendation, 100%. I'm not even a fan of, of birth control during perimenopause unless it's for contraception use. But if it's in menopause, there's absolutely no reason why women should be on it at that point. That's right. And the, you know, the other really disconcerting issue to me is the lack of addressing mental health issues that happen in perimenopause and menopause due to declining estrogen and progesterone. And the synthetic estrogens in the pill do not hit up those dopamine receptors in the brain the way that bioidentical progesterone does and raises your GABA levels and gets those calming neurotransmitters going so you can chill out and feel much more relaxed, less anxious, all of those things that we actually need. And it it's not serving those benefits either. And you'll see a lot of doctors put women on antidepressants. And clinically, yes, there has been some research that show they can help with hot flashes. But again, you're still not going to nourish your adrenals and help your body keep eking out hormones as long as possible with an antidepressant. That's not the solution either. So again, and this is no shame if you need antidepressants, by all means, that's not what this is about. What I'm saying is don't use them to treat menopausal symptoms. It's two very different things. Absolutely. They're being used as a Band-Aid for a nutrient deficiency or for a lack of progesterone in the system. That's It's a very different conversation. We deservingly get to know if there's hormones playing at a role here. Is it, our, is it thyroid? Is it that we have low thyroid function and our brain isn't working and we've got severe mood swings? Is it our bl- deregulated blood sugar levels where we're literally on the blood sugar roller coaster and one minute we are doing okay, the next minute we're crashing and burning? You know, these are the things that we got to be thinking about, you know, is it anxiety or is it, is it deregulated blood sugar issues that we're dealing with? You know, we've got to be willing to have things be investigated, to look at what's going on with our, with our bodies and, and to get a, a deeper, better answer than just having band-aids thrown at us. And you know, when something doesn't land right, like, I feel like we all have, although people have been trying to diminish our intuition for quite some time, a very, very long time, there is a deep-seated feeling when something just doesn't feel right to you. And I think all of us, we really got to tap into that, especially as we navigate the medical system in our, our 40s and beyond. And for some of us, even sooner than that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So what was the first question you asked? Because oh, I'm not remembering. <laughs> I remember. I'm we were down a fun it. rabbit hole, but I'm like, wait, what was the first part? I just, I mean, what I love is that this is your mission. It's my mission too. I'm so happy to be having this conversation. And the, the conversation, the question that I asked was really about 
are bioidentical hormones appropriate before menopause? And you know, what are some of your recommendations around that? I know you and I both know that progesterone precipitously drops, you know, as early as our mid thirties, by the time we're in our mid forties, it's like 60% less than it was. And man, do a lot of us feel the difference. And then for some of us, I, I had menopausal levels at 35. You know, progesterone was like hanging on by a thread. <laughs> she was like, help me, help me. Help. You know, <laughs> and I was like, and I felt, and I felt that at 35, you'll never mistaken a loss in progesterone. It, she feels, whew, man, she feels like you're falling off a cliff when you start to lose her at a significant rate. That's right. And you're bleeding out like crazy and passing clots and surging and just estrogen is left unleashed at that point. So yes, I'm a big proponent of getting on progesterone as early and as soon as you can. And even, you know, listen, I test, I don't guess, right? So you have a couple of options there. Number one is you could start with Chase Tree or Vitex, taking that if your estrogen levels are still, pardon me, if your progesterone levels are still somewhat decent, but you just need a little oomph in there and you're on the early side of perimenopause, definitely. If you're mid to late, it gets, you know, it, it, it gets less and less. She ain't coming back. Once the party's over, it's over. Door closed. Everyone go home, lights out. So that is a great time to start bringing in progesterone. And there's two forms that I like to use it in. Some people do use it topically, but I find in perimenopause, you're going to get a much more robust response to insomnia with oral. So you can either take it as bioidentical prometrium, prometrium, yep. which you can get as a prescription that's usually covered by insurance. And that is the only caveat is, right? It's oral, so it has to do a full pass through your gut and liver. And it's packed in peanut oil. So if you have peanut sensitivities, obviously you do not want to take it. The other option is bioidentical trochies or troches, which are a dissolvable tablet. They dissolve under the tongue. And there's all sorts of ways to deliver them. Some doctors will say, you know, just let them all dissolve under the tongue. Some doctors say let a quarter dissolve and then the rest swallow and let pass through. It's really trial and error. You definitely want to work with your doctor on this. But either way, you're going to see tremendous benefits in your sleep your PMS gets better. You know, estrogen is no longer running rampant unopposed. Now you're bringing your partner progesterone back into the picture. Happier moods, more relaxed, more calm. So all of those benefits are wonderful for progesterone. And there's no reason why, I mean, unless you're, again, this is why I test. I look at your methylation. I look at how hormones move through your liver. And I look at your production to just make sure you're a candidate. But For most of my women, I would say 80% in perimenopause do beautifully on progesterone. No one's complaining or having horrible side effects or feeling worse. Everyone's like, thank God, I feel so much better. And I don't have blood literally pooling in my shoes anymore. Mm. So hala freaking Luya. I hear that. And do you still recommend, I I find in, in when I was in practice and even today that all of our livers could use a little spit shine. Do you ever make it? <laughs> I love that. You know, I feel like after 40 years of your liver working hard, probably really hard in your 20s and your 30s, given whatever you were getting into, um, yeah. that they could use a little bit of love. So I'm often putting women on some some level of nutrient support too to support the liver yes. just to... Yes. Just to you know, it can't, no harm, no foul. I feel like we could always use some gut and liver support, especially when we're trying to implement bioidentical hormones. 
Absolutely. You know, a B-complex is wonderful at helping your liver metabolize out any hormones that you're taking. And also a good cruciferous concentrate, you know, something with concentrates of Brussels sprouts and or kale that helps your liver just move things through, works with the spit shine, could add in some milk thistle, some turmeric if you want to, you know, some gentle supporting herbs there too. Mm, I, I love that. I was just curious because I know, you know, we, again, that unopposed estrogen, you know, there's, there could be a lot, besides the fact that we just have a discrepancy between the two hormones, I do know that sometimes we're dealing with just a gut and a liver that just may not be packaging it as well as it could and sending it on out the door. So I'm always curious, especially when I'm thinking about putting patients on bioidentical hormones of like, how do I sure that we can like shore up and booster them just so we're supporting their overall health and overall detox detoxification processes. Yes. Yes. And you know, this is where diet comes into play. I mean, too, you, you really want to, A, you, you want to give alcohol a little wink and a smile and a little wave bye-bye for a little while, you know, just cleaning that out is hugely helpful for your liver. Number one, you're not metabolizing it well anyway. Every night you're having a drink. Every single one of us wakes up at 3 a.m. <gasps> wide awake because insulin's bottoming out, cortisol is shooting up, and then you're wide awake feeling awful because guess what? When your liver has to decide between detoxing alcohol and hormones, alcohol is gonna win, and so <laughs> you're not gonna get restful sleep. Think about using instead tinctures some lemon balm, some ashwagandha, some holy basil, you know, make your own mocktails with those, add them to some kombucha tea, have some inositol powder if you want, or just drink, you know, you can steep three bags of sleepy time tea or chamomile tea, which is like a natural Xanax. So all of those can be really calming substitutions instead. Certainly also watching caffeine that can make you really irritable and jittery. I tell people to switch to, there's a lovely product. I have no financial ties. It's just what I use myself. Um, it's called Four Sigmatic Form that has cacao and cordyceps to really help you have that brain focus and energy, but none of the caffeine irritability or crash and certainly won't disrupt your sleep. Getting in lots of cruciferous vegetables, right? Broccoli, uh, cauliflower, radishes, Brussels sprouts, Artichokes are wonderful. Kale is wonderful. You know, really getting those in to help support liver detoxification as well is really important. And getting an optimal protein diet. And most people, I laugh because I look at their food logs and I'm like, congratulations, you have the protein intake of a dialysis patient. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I eat, you know, one egg for breakfast and half a chicken breast for lunch or a three ounce can of tuna. And then dinner, I have the steak or so the current research on protein shows that in order to build muscle, you actually have to get in 30 to 40 grams of protein at each meal. That's around roughly five ounces at each meal consistently throughout the day. That is how you build muscle and muscle. We know is the organ of longevity. It facilitates blood sugar balance. It supports muscle mass. It supports bone density. It prevents type three diabetes, which is Alzheimer's, um, you know, and type so two. And type two. Thank you. So it's really the most powerful anti-aging tool. I always say the fountain of youth can be found in a steak and a set of dumbbells. So you yes. really want to make sure Amen. yeah, that you're just optimizing your diet. You're cleaning out the riffraff. You're you know, decluttering your liver. So your liver can just focus on your hormones. And most people think they're going to feel so much worse off coffee. And then they're shocked to see 
I actually feel better. Like my energy is so much level, more level and consistent. I'm not like a witchy woman. I don't feel so grouchy all the time. So it's, it's quite liberating to not be dependent on caffeine. Mm, I, you know, I have not been liberated from that in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm a slave all the way and that's okay. All day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, there will be a day I'll get back off of it for sure. But I agree with you on both. Um, and I agree with you on the alcohol piece. I mean, I think we all just need to just check in with ourselves, check in with your sleep after a couple glasses of wine, check in with your next morning after those glasses of wine and just be real honest, be real Mm -hmm. honest with yourself around it. Mm -hmm. And it's same thing is check in with yourself after that late night dessert. You know, how are you feeling in the evening? Talk about a massive blood sugar spike and how are you feeling the next day? You know, these are the things where we just have to really get honest with ourselves about how we are feeling. And yeah. we've got to be okay with the pivots that, that are going to happen as our yeah. body's pivoting. And I 100% agree more. You couldn't have said it better yourself. The founder youth is found in some heavy weights. I don't know, you know, you didn't say heavy, but I'm going to say heavy weights and meat and protein. We are under proteined. We're under weightlifting. We are under muscled. Under muscled. And we're, 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 we're under blood sugar, like stable blood sugar as well. So between walking, eating protein and lifting heavy weights, I mean, that's, that's the key to our longevity right there. It really is. It really is. And you know, the other piece is, you know, when you are going through perimenopause and menopause and your circadian rhythms start to get thrown off, you know, exposing your brain to light has a, spe- a natural light outside has a spectrum 200 times greater than any light bulb that you're ever going to get inside. And it really starts to regulate your cortisol and your circadian rhythms. So that's really important. And of course, and I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum, is the importance of avoiding the blue light before bed, just getting off your devices. Like, remember libraries? Remember books? Not in a screen, but like an actual book. Real books. Read an actual book. I'm so old school with that. It's so true. You have the old books at the bedside, put the phone away. The current newest research as of 2022 is showing that boosted melatonin levels are a precursor to you making more mitochondria. We need wow. more mitochondria. And if we don't, if we have subpar melatonin levels because you had to watch that last episode of whatever it was you were watching at 11 o'clock at night, you can kiss that melatonin Ted goodbye. Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso. It's Ted Lasso for me <laughs> again and again. Um, but no, but seriously, yes, that's it. That's it. It's it's like, is it worth the trade-off? I mean, you know, and the other piece too, I found the most life-changing piece in, in addition to the hormones, but the most life-changing piece I have done is meditation. I just surpassed my year milestone of I've missed one night in a year. Mm-hmm. And so that was the absolute game changer because you become a better decision maker. You have the ability to handle much more that comes your way. And that's not to say you should take on more, but when things do come your way, it's given me a peace of mind, a perspective, and just the ability to stay calm. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at, I'm still the mother of a teenage boy. And sometimes that button gets pushed, but for the most part, I can walk away. I can handle it and be, just take a pause before I react. I try to respond versus react. Hmm. So that's been, and just like letting it go, you know, just saying, is this worth, do I even need to spend a minute of energy on this? I do not. Mm. That's so powerful. 
Let's let's dive into that a little bit. I, I want to speak in. So I, I want to dissect a little bit of when you're meditating. How, you know, for you, Esther, for now you got your first year of meditating. It's in the evening. Yeah. Is it right before bed? Is that when you're yes. doing it? And is it kind yes. of like your ritual to kind of calm, reset the system, and then just do you fall asleep during the yes. meditation or do you find yourself getting through it and then falling asleep afterwards? In the interest of transparency, I will tell you, sometimes I fall asleep next to it. And this is my only struggle, okay? Because I'm like all of you. I do guided meditations on Insight Timer. There's a man named David G, J-I, who does like this deep healing meditation that mm. I swear, I'm like, dang, it's so good. So every night I do, I brush my teeth, makeup off, face washed, you know, I'm reading in bed, then I meditate, but I don't always make it to the end because now my body is so used to like, all right, take four deep breaths and you're out. So sometimes I fall asleep with it and then inevitably I get up to pee once a night. So then I take my phone and move it to the bathroom. But in a perfect world, yes, I would not have the phone next to me because there, there is a lot of research that it thickens the adrenal cortex and you know the, the EMFs from the 5G radiation is not great for the brain. So yes, I try to, otherwise I keep it in a totally different room, like far away from my bed. But sometimes, yeah, it's just not perfect. But I'm like, no. well, I'd rather meditate and have a phone next to me than not meditate at all. But I, I do prefer the guided because like most people, I have a monkey mind and the chatter can happen. But I will say this too. I had, you know, some really chronic health issues like Lyme and mold and it really uh, busted up my neurological system and my brain was very chattery, like couldn't shut it up all night. And once I started meditating, it all that chatter silenced hmm. after a couple, after about six to eight weeks, don't expect miracles overnight, but it takes at least eight weeks to reshape the amygdala or the, you know, the fight or flight center in the brain. So just chilling out though was really incredible. And the other incredible thing was, you know, and my doctor taught me this. He was like, when you meditate, you have to envision yourself as if you're already healthy and then your mind will catch up. And we redid my mold test and it was gone. We redid, like, I wasn't able to lift weights for the longest time because I was so sick. I could walk. I just would crash with weights and feel awful. And I would envision myself lifting weights. Now I totally lift weights. I could take a spin class on, you know, I can do whatever I want to do and not crash, which is really the greatest gift. It is the greatest gift. I love this. I think absolutely some, so many hit points right here. I meditate, I meditate in the morning because guaranteed I'm not going to fall asleep in the morning. Come up, right? And I also <laughs> meditate at bed, before bed and seven out of 10 times I fall asleep during the meditation. My, my phone does stay next to my bed these days because of the meditation, same with you, but there were years where it was always in the bathroom. But for me, doing the meditation at night is just more important. I got a toddler. He's going to wake me up around two or three or four in the morning, mm -hmm. guaranteed. And if that meditation can get me to sleep on the early side, I'll take it. Believe, because I, mm -hmm. I, I have a, I wear a whoop strap. I can watch my recovery. I can watch my, my heart rate variability every single day. And I can tell, you know, if, if I'm not going to sleep at a certain time, it, it, they're, they're both in the crapper. Like it's mm -hmm. so crazy to have a body battery where you're just like, yeah, no, I didn't recover. No, I'm, I'm at a 25%. <laughs> so it can, it can tell you and it's sleep is everything. And so that meditation, which means my phone's by my bed, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you just gotta, you exactly. gotta decide creating that space and then imagining yourself, whatever that may be, but especially energized and in health because everything's created twice. 
first in your mind and then in real time and then in real life. Can you just stop and repeat that? Because that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Everything is created twice, first in your mind and then in real world, right? Oh my goodness. Amazing. And so your health is the same. Like you want to visualize. I always, I think of a a great spiritual teacher, Mary Morrissey always talks about, imagine me on the other side, imagine me in perfect health. Imagine me walking my son in whatever that may be. Like if ever you're sick or if ever you're on a healing journey and people are like, hey, I want to support you, always ask, you know, can you please imagine me, you know, doing the thing. Imagine me lifting 50 pound weights in three months. You know, imagine me walking my son down the aisle in two years, that, you know, and then and just having the picturing in your mind sight of what that is. Again, I think another area, especially during this time of the year, this time in our life is there's a lot of things in the air when we're in our forties and our fifties and we're doing the biggest stuff and our families need us the most. It seems in these years where we're going through the most yeah. And being able to create space between our reactive child self and how we want to show up as our adult self is so important. But when we're caught up in all of it, it can be so hard to check that reactive side at the door, meditation being one of the most powerful tools to do so. And if we aren't, you know, you think about every time we react, that's the stress response system firing and firing and firing. And it's so detrimental to the system. So having a skill like meditation, like it being a game changer for you, I'm just so grateful that you shared that because we're all looking for a tool to not operate from our our youngest trauma self, whatever happened to us, however we adapted as a child. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. Well, and for me, yeah, I mean, I had some childhood trauma, but the real trauma for me was childbirth. And it took me working with a trauma specialist to really understand that. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to deal with this. He was like, that's not your problem. This is your problem. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I developed horrible, uh, insomnia and anxiety and all these struggles. And once I realized that too, and started really meditating, like that was a a big piece of the synergy and the healing too is just, yeah, healing our traumas is really important too. Mm, so powerful. And knowing where that was, that was, you know, for you, yeah. I mean, trauma can happen in so many different places and then, yeah. you know, and, and how that is connected to your relationship with your son yeah, who was totally. in that journey too, right? Oh yeah. And he has no, I mean, yeah. It, well, it was interesting too, you know, he was just a uh, funny fact. He came out sunny side up, but so he was like a real back labor and he, he was a forceps delivery. So his neck got really wrenched coming out. He, he looked like he went five rounds in the, in the ring with Muhammad Ali. He had like marks on his cheek and a black and blue eye from just hitting my pelvic crest. So I took him to a craniosacral therapist because he was only nursing on his left side, I could nurse him on both boobs, but like he would, he would not flip. He would only nurse on one side. And after one adjustment, he would totally nurse on both sides. And she had him like reenact the spiral of being, it was so cool. I was like, oh my God, he just naturally did it on his own. And I was like, what is happening right now? You know, he was 10 days old. <laughs> Oh my goodness. What a journey for both of you, right? It was a journey. Yeah. And my doctor, unbeknownst to me, had left a piece of placenta in me. So when she was working on me, she was like, I'm just going to move your bladder back because it's all the way like across, you know, so she was moving it back and I came home and I'm standing at the sink 
like my husband was in the shower. I was getting ready to go in the shower. So I was naked and I was standing there and it felt like something was swirling inside me. Like when you flush a toilet and I swear to God, a piece of placenta flew out. And I was like, I totally screamed and jump. I was like, what the hell is this? And if I hadn't had that treatment done, I could have had massive sepsis, a thousand issues. So it really was just, and that was just a piece of the story, but it's pretty crazy. So yeah, you, you've got to heal that because yeah, we, we, nobody should have that story or have that experience. And yet so many, so of many us women do, right. I'm not alone in this. There's millions of women out there have had really challenging birth situations and scary ones. So meditation, people meditate, meditate, mm, meditate. And, we all know, have something. We've all got something. And it's all playing a role somewhere. And it absolutely is showing up in our hormones. And it really comes to surface. It feels like during the perimenopause into menopause transition. I feel like it all comes up. It does. And the cortisol curves get flatter and flatter. It's interesting too, because I do have clients that have done amazing trauma therapy and have really nice cortisol curves. So the point is when you work on healing your body and set the intention and do it twice, right? The healing process is twice. As you mentioned, I'm not saying as eloquently, that also really can reverse where your body's at and bring your cortisol back to life and really Mm. support you that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rarely come across a woman who I haven't seen with, you know, deregulated cortisol levels mm. and curves just upside down, just the opposite of what they're <laughs> supposed to be or flat eventually, you know, and it, it's an area where, you know, it's one thing, you know, pick up the weights, boost your protein, balance your blood sugar, get a little progesterone in you. But also, you know, that what the emotional stuff, we're so quick to band-aid women with antidepressant and anti-anxiety, but what if it's, we're all just trying to clear trauma, you know, and it all, yeah. it has an, a massive impact on our hormones, on our relationships. I mean, yes. this is the, I feel like this is kind of the underpinning of what we don't talk, we don't talk enough about. I, yes, women are absolutely under-muscled and under-proteined, but also they're, they're under-supported in their healing journey, especially on their, their regarding their emotional and, and mental resilience. You know, we're just meant to just like slay the dragons for as long as possible until we just collapse. That's not okay. We deserve a lot better than that. We deserve a lot better than that. And and we deserve to understand, right, that it's not okay and it should not be, suffering should never be normalized. And right now it's really normalized. Women not having rights is totally normalized at this point. So the goal is to, you know, reverse that because imagine if every woman went into her doctor's office carrying your book and my book. Can you imagine how we would change the world? Imagine if every woman said, pretty sure I'm in perimenopause because we women know our bodies, or I think something's off with my hormones. These are the tests I want run. I want to explore going on bioidentical hormones. Here's the research studies to support the benefits and the indications of use. What doctor is going to be like, well, uh, uh, because if the doctor hasn't seen those research studies and you're more educated than the doctor, then, you know, the doctor has to say, wow, I think I should start looking into that. Hmm. So that's how you change the system is through us. You know, 10, 20 years ago, organic and gluten-free foods were never mainstream. You would have never seen that on a restaurant menu. Now you can get gluten-free. I mean, not always at fast food places, not always everywhere, but a lot more places now 
you can get gluten-free options and that is due to consumer demand. So we don't have to underestimate our power as women to change these systems and break them and build new ones that do serve us better. Mm, I agree 100%. And I am so excited for your book. Tell us a little bit about it. Like talk a little bit. I know we got into some of the nitty gritty of of it, but obviously not all of it. I love the title so much. See you later, (laughs) ovulator. Yeah, it was yeah, so mastering cute. mastering menopause through nutrition, hormones and self-advocacy. So I I wrote the book to be the voice to to use my platform to elevate the conversations between women and their healers and open the kimono on my practice and say, look, these are all the tests that I do in practice. Either run them with me or find a practitioner Find a doctor who will run these tests for you, listen to you, make sure that your gut is optimized, make sure that your detox pathways are optimized, your liver and your gut is primed for replenishing hormones and is going to work on diet and supplements with you. And I put diet and supplement recommendations in the book as well and give you options to absolutely crush your menopause and rock it out. And if you don't want to do hormones or you've had cancer and are concerned about risk or your doctors are very conservative, then I give non-hormone options too. But either way, you have options. So you can be totally at peace and take control over your menopause and not go in. It's like, imagine a pinball, right? Going through a pinball machine, how slammed around it gets. And by the end, it just sinks in the hole and disappears, right? Mm. Or, you know, you can totally control your menopause. You can control where that ball moves and how you surf through it. And you can actually feel really good throughout and not have to be drenched in sweat every night and not have to suffer from vaginal dryness and low libido and feel really confident in yourself and sleep through the night and just all and have cognitive function, you know, all the amazing things that we want as women. And from a health perspective, I also listed the benefits. I have so many studies in there listing the benefits and the research on how hormone replenishment protects from Alzheimer's disease, how it protects from bone loss, how it protects from heart disease, and how absolutely important estrogen is to a woman's brain and brain function and cognitive function. Yeah, it really, I just was like as determined to give women as much as I possibly could in this book to help. So powerful. So excited. Oh my goodness. And I know one yeah. of the things we're talking about, you know, is subbing out the caffeine, subbing out the alcohol, making tinctures, making fun, hormone supportive cocktails. And then you have yeah. a really sweet gift I to do. really set us up for success, to make it easy for us to really implement that. I do. So you can go to estherblum.com forward slash cocktail. That's easy to remember. And you will not only receive my happy hormone cocktail, but you will also receive my, you will be on my priority notification book for when See It Later Ovulator is released. And certainly on Instagram, I'm at Gorgeous Esther, and you can absolutely get lots of information in a fun and informative way. And certainly ask me questions there because I make reels all the time and post in my stories all the time answering your questions. 
Perfect. Oh, I love it. I'm going to go check you out. And I've got the link here. We're going to have it in the show notes. Now the book hasn't come out for another month or so, but you can grab this guide literally right now. Start making some really incredible changes while you're waiting for this book to come out in the fall. And honestly, it's the best time of the year to really start to make those conscious decisions that work in our favor. So I'm so grateful and such a perfect timing for this book to come out. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. This was so fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I really love the idea of having a full buffet of options at our disposal in perimenopause and menopause. I mean, honestly, we have a lot of options and why shouldn't we leverage all of them? I want to pull all the levers when I step into my mid to late 40s, 50s and beyond. And I believe that we deserve to pull all the levers because who is making it happen in this world? We are. (laughs) So let's do it. Now, my biggest takeaway from this conversation is why not use every resource we have to live our best life? Now, Esther did a great job of really showing you the mission of determining how we get to live life on our terms. And her new book, See You Later, Ovulator, man, it's going to show us how to master menopause with all the right tool sets so that we can feel the best in our bodies, which I believe you and I deserve every single day. Now, although the book is coming out in October, you can still go pre-order it right now. So I'll have the link to go pre-order the book. And in the meantime, in between time, she has hooked us up with this incredible little gift. We've got our hormone loving cocktail that we can go and download right now. You can go make it this weekend. And this is a, a hormone loving cocktail that's designed to support your adrenals, your brain function, your energy levels, and help to stabilize your blood sugar, which you know I am a fan of. Now you can just go to estherblum.com cocktail and go and grab it. Also, if you're looking for another great menopause resource right now, my latest book, The EO Menopause Solution, is great. These two books are phenomenal companions. This is a great one to get started with now. You can go order and then you can go pre-order the See You Later Ovulator book as well. So again, I want to say thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast today. This show, as always, is about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that is looking for some more incredible information and some insight on bioidentical hormones, send it on over to them. Shoot a text message over, send them the link, or even better... Go on to Insta literally right now and share this episode on Instagram. And when you do, hashtag hormone CEO. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy, educate women, create that advocacy so that women know that they've got a lot of options at their fingertips. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.